I was wondering about the whole concept of we have to Satan and studying recently different verses on it. And so I think actually it doesn't really say that it, that it is an angel, but it speaks about him as a star, and also Jesus is compared as the morning star. And so actually, do you believe in, in Satan as an old angel, or is it more the snake creation that spoke to the mind of man? Yeah, just what are your thoughts on that? Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Andre. <laughs> this is what me and Andre talked about on the way home last night from Sausalito. So, um, the first thing I want to say is that uh, I think in, in, for many people, uh, uh, it is very unuseful um, to simply think of evil as the personality of a fallen angel. I think that has been um, quite, <laughs> how shall I say that, um, that has been used as a mechanism for us not to acknowledge what evil really is. Yep. Now, that doesn't uh, mean in that there is no fallen angel. And so let me tell you, even in my development of this thought, I've not completely done away with the thinking that there's fallen angels. Um, but certainly I have <laughs> developed in understanding what the origin of evil is beyond just fallen angels. Um, you are correct to say that when the scripture speaks about and the scriptures we most often use when we refer to fallen angels is actually very thin to to draw the um, amazing conclusions from that, that we get in, in justifying uh, that doctrine. For instance, when it speaks about the morning star that, that's fallen, it quite clearly says it's the king of, um, is it Tyra? Tyra. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, its first interpretation and its plain interpretation, if you go and look at any theological explanation, is that he is prophesying to an actual king within that area that has raised himself up, etc. So the guys would justify that scripture as the meaning that this is the fallen star would say, but there are layers of interpretation in scriptures. And so, yes, it might also refer to a fallen angel, but let me give you some pictures. When, when the scripture speaks about evil, um, evil always appears just for one reason, and that's to be dismissed. Yeah. I mean, the devil appears uh, in the Bible, the oldest book in the Bible, Job, where, where the, the accuser appears within the heavenly court, he just appears and he's dismissed. He appears to Jesus, Jesus dismisses him. He appears, every time he appears, he's dismissed. Now, what's interesting for me is when we read mythology, then demons have actual names. It's called, you know, whatever weird and wonderful names they give their demons. But in the scriptures, the demons and devils aren't given real names. They're given titles. It's called the accuser. Um, when Jesus says, what's your name? He answers and says, legion. That's not a real name. That's a title for a military um, formation. And so 
I think the scriptures are starting again, speaks within the context of cultures and, uh, and people groups in the language that they can understand, that, that they can identify with. Karl Barth um, very beautifully uh, speaks about the problem of evil uh, on a level that I think is much more useful. And I remember as a teenager reading some of his stuff and, and what I found very useful is this understanding that evil in the first place is not something that God created. It's everything that God did not create. And so evil in the first place is not the personality, it's the enemy of all personality. Evil in the first place is not the creation, it's the enemy of God's good creation. And so at the very core of the nature of evil is uncreated nothingness. And its desire is to draw what is real into the nothingness from which it comes. And that's why evil is always distractive. That is why evil always wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and when Jesus defines evil, he doesn't say he was a beautiful, wonderful angel in the beginning and then he got really bad after a while. He says he was a murderer from the beginning. Um, again, I want to make it clear that in my own understanding, I have not done away with the understanding of fallen angels, but I do think there's a much more useful way to, to approach the subject of evil than just fallen angels. Walter Wink wrote a book called The Powers That Be. And in this book, he, he uh, paints a beautiful, uh, a very insightful picture. I don't, soccer might not be that popular here, but in Europe, I mean, you know, soccer is very popular. And you can have normal guys go to a soccer game and, and they get in such a frenzy in support for their team that they'll break down fences and kick an opposition member to death. Goodness. You know, these, these, these kind of crowd frenzies have caused many deaths in, in these circles it seems like a spirit takes hold of the crowd and uh, and when they disperse peacefully and they normal guys again so so was it the demon spirit that took hold of the crowd or did the crowd create this demon spirit um crowd creates space for it. it creates space for it and and so i think uh, what is much more useful when we start thinking on the subject of evil is to again understand that what gave room and space for evil in this world was man partaking of a certain knowledge. And so Jesus coming to destroy the works of the evil one comes by giving us understanding. Now, when, whether you think it's fallen angels or whether you think it's some other way in which you will describe evil, the answer is, let's reduce the space yeah. for evil <laughs> by changing our minds, changing the way out that we live. And evil found its most articulate expression 
not in some mythical beings coming to murder Christ, but it found its most articulate expression in human institutions of religion and, uh, and government that together murdered God. And so, so evil today still finds its most real expression in human decisions. And when we start seeing that, I think we, we, uh, we are closer to addressing this problem of evil more clearly. So, in chapter 3 of the Imagine book, I start attaching on some of those ideas. Now, a last thought. We, uh, we minister in Africa in many places like that. We are not naive as to the demonic manifestations and expressions that happens. And, and um, I was so touched by this last visit in, uh, in January in, with Francois. We were on a camp meeting and one of the ladies came to me and she said, do you remember me? I emailed you a couple of months ago. I couldn't remember, but she said that she started discovering this grace message, but in her home she experienced such demonic expressions. Spirits would strangle her at night, but she feels she was dying. She actually saw demons manifesting in her, in her room, and it started depressing her family. I mean, very real stuff happening. You see, darkness is very real in our observation and experience. But darkness doesn't have any real substance. It only exists in its opposition to what really exists, in its contrast to light. And so this lady asks me, what should I do? And, and what I answered her is that evil thrives of the attention we give it. It thrives, it derives its energy of the, uh, the attention and the focus that we give it. And that's why demons won't, in, they love nothing more than us giving them a platform to, to perform on. And so my advice to her was to continue to um, immerse herself in this message and this word. I said, even listen to it while the devil's sitting there on your the edge of your bed. Just continue to enjoy the truth of what God declares concerning you. And she did it. She, uh, I didn't tell her to rebuke it or whatever. I mean, she continued to listen to this message and after a week she suddenly realized that for three or four days there was nothing yeah. happening. And she came to this meeting and she said, I haven't uh, this is months later. She said, I've never had a demonic experience again. Yeah. Light dispels darkness. Um, now, God is real. <laughs> He's not just the figment of our imagination. We are the product of His thought. Uh, angels are real. <laughs> um, in terms of, I mean... God has amazing things for us. And, but you know what? I, I think we'll be amazed at what creative powers God has given us and to what extent 
we influence the evil manifestations in this world through our wrong thinking. So that is where I am in my understanding at the moment. And maybe, do you want to take another question? And I'd like to add on. Well? I'll probably add on to that one. Um, this is something that's very interesting for me. <clears throat> you want me to hold it? Or? <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I was actually talking with him last night because, you know, just, you know, you know, we just met. I don't know if you guys know that, right? So, like, when we had to drive home from Sausalito, I really got to just hear his heart on certain issues that I've been dealing with in my own journey. And I was telling him about my time in the Philippines on how, actually, before I was in the Philippines, folks, my involvement in America was that I was very involved in the charismatic Asian scene. Okay. And when you're in that scene in the charismatic world, what do you always see going on in services? Manifestations of demons, people seeing demons on walls. I mean, I was there. When I'm preaching, girls would be screaming. They would see a face with a tongue with blood dripping down. And then they would fall down and scream. We would pray for people. And then they get choked. So I'm going to share something that I've never really gone too public with it, only in house gatherings, because I just was a little bit... My last experience in New York, people walked out when I started to share my views. So please... Give me the courtesy to not walk out and make me feel bad, <laughs> right? Because here's, here's the thing, folks. This is going to go online, so I'm really trying to be careful with what I share. Folks, I want you to understand my journey, that there's some things I'm willing to let go if I'm starting to realize that I might have believed a lie, that there's a possibility. And I'm with Andre right now in the sense that I started to question this whole devil Satan thing actually a while back, even before I came to America. And I was sharing it to actually a lot of people. I just wouldn't do it online because it's a hot topic when you tell it to the charismatic community and you challenge the stuff that they've seen. But I want people to know that I'm not ignorant in this subject, folks. That just like Andre saying things in Africa, our experience, we would cast out demons like as a living doing healing, right? And we've experienced this as people who do the supernatural, whatever you want to call it. But I started to understand grace and I started to understand dualistic thinking or we always need some polar opposite of God. Come on. And I actually started to question and wonder if Christianity has created Satan as another God. Because it comes, and when, you, when you notice our language, folks, when you ask people and you say, hey, Josh, can the devil read our minds? Oh, so I guess all of a sudden he's omniscient now. <laughs> And not only does he tempt you, he tempts you and you and you and you and everybody else in the world at the same time and in different parts of the world. So he's omnipresent now. Are you seeing these things that we have to think about now? And so I started to question these things. I've seen stuff, folks, even when I was young. So I'm not making this up or just sharing stories that I've heard. I've seen things. Even when I was in Thailand, I saw these floating things on the ceiling, you know, when I was in a hotel. Try <laughs> to really be careful, okay? Folks, as I was sharing earlier, what you perceive and what you believe, you can create. There's a possibility. At least, hear me out. There's a possibility, as he was talking about, that we have the power to create things. Is everything that you see real? Now, I know this could be very offensive because some people say, well, I've experienced this, I've experienced that. I'm not denying your experiences. But is everything that you see real? How many of you have taken drugs? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Some of you <laughs> <I> hesitated. <laughs> How many of you guys have seen things? 
when you're on drugs. You've seen demons. A lot of my friends were gangsters. They did drugs. They would tell me their stories of demons that they've seen. Now, I'm not here to deny those experiences, but I'm trying to think now about what we call the biblical story of the devil, and I'm trying to figure out whether or not it holds water anymore because for me, it's starting to not make much sense. What do I mean? Because if Lucifer was this good angel gone bad because of pride, and then he takes a good number of the angels with him, and now they're unredeemable? You ask me, folks, is that a good story? <laughs> right? So he has this wonderful creation called angels. A good chunk of them become bad, but yet they're unredeemable. But the rest of humanity, we're okay. Well, okay, at least we're okay. But think about this, folks, with the whole angel story. And whenever I would bring this topic up with a lot of people in the Philippines, they would get very upset and aggressive with me. Say, what about the evil in this world, Josh? What about Hitler? What about so-and-so? And here's where logic comes in for me. Because if you have to assign an external force for an evil, you always have to keep pushing it a step back. So if you want to blame your, your father, and then your father blames his dad, and ultimately it might be the devil. We need some source of evil, which is the devil, right? Well, here's my question. If there has to be an external force called the devil to cause you to sin, what tempted Lucifer before he went bad to sin? Because all there was was God. I want you to think about this, folks. And as he was saying earlier, I really find that whole passage in Isaiah of the morning star falling. Very thin support to prove that that's the fall of Lucifer. Because historically, in context, it was referring to a human king who looked at himself as godlike, okay? Who has fallen from his high position as a king. In the Old Testament, folks, when you look at the original language, I'm not denying that they're Satan and the devil. The question is, what does that mean? When you look at the word Satan in the Hebrew language, you know the Bible actually mentions that the angel of the Lord is a Satan? which is an adversary. So there could be good or bad, bad things, whatever that means, right? That can be a Satan. You can be a Satan, a human being. And I challenge you guys to look into this whole issue of the devil and the Satan, the Satan. Read the gospel stories again and check whether or not you could read it, read it with another lens. Like, like he was saying, legion, a military, right? Because when you look at the stories, folks, of the whole Satan, why do we always have to assume it's a demonic entity like an angel? What did Jesus tell Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Or one of you is a devil. So is it possible, is it possible that in another sense, it could be referring to human persons or structures? corrupt structures and government, whatever you want, want it to be demonic. But we automatically assume fallen angels. Now here's my point that I, was, I forgot to mention in the beginning. Before I went to the Philippines, I was doing all this healing stuff. In fact, I won't even mention the church because you know them. So I was doing ministry with some of these guys, right? And there was all these manifestations. I prayed for people. I did a healing line from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And we saw, they saw crazy stuff. But before I went to the Philippines, the grace message was very new to me. So I went to the Philippines and all I focused on was Christ. And guess what? In our gatherings, 
there was no manifestations of the demonic. And at that time, for three years, I did not understand why. In fact, I started to question myself and wonder if my messages were powerful. Because <laughs> I thought that when you preach Christ, the demons will get pissed off. Honestly, I'm thinking, I, I've had moments, folks, where I would tell my friends, I saw so much in America. <laughs> but I remember when I was in America, I focused so much on the demonic. I read all the books about spiritual warfare, about how it's, you have to be like an expert. You have to call the head demon, right? So if you're stuck in pornography, don't call the demon of pornography, the head demon is lust. So you need to say, there's all these techniques as if you have to be an expert. And I remember I was doing these revival gatherings where I used to carry these spiritual warfare books with me because I felt like you had to know these instructions to get these demons out, folks. And then when I got rid of all those things, those things no longer manifested in my life. And I never got caught up with having to go to a hotel and having to anoint the hotel room in the bed because it had sex there so the sex demons were there you know i'm being serious folks because i've been there and so just like andre i can't be 100 percent conclusive and say there are no fallen angels i don't know all i know is that when i started to change my paradigm and focus on christ those things no longer manifested in my life I didn't have to worry about having like an, an Asian vase in the living room that had a dragon and then break it because there's a demon inside the vase. But we did that when we were kids, folks. We had to break it in the home because there were demons in the vase. Whatever your worldview is, folks, whatever your paradigm is, you will create. And this is the power of our mind where we can be deceived. Am I deceived? Maybe, but my life's been a lot better when I'm not so demon conscious, folks. And if I see somebody, right, if I see somebody in a gathering manifesting a demon, I know what to do because I know what they need to hear. And I think in the New Testament, that's what Jesus did because that was their worldview, folks. There were people that believed in these external forces, and Christ dealt with them, right? And instead of going through every single story about the demonic, because I did look into these things, folks, and I wonder what people are going to think of me now, okay? That's my God line. I just encourage you, please investigate this. We could be wrong. All I'm letting you know that once I start to make my transition into this way of thinking, life's been a lot better. Awesome. Yeah. I think I might know part of the answer this, but you know, um, Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And talking to Ben Dunn about this, um, last summer, you know, he talked about it in the context of, you know, mindsets and things like that, you know, and even as I fully immersed myself in the Grace Finish Works movement, it's very difficult for me because my mentor all through the decade of the 90s had like a very powerful inner healing and deliverance ministry, and I've seen every demonic manifestation and apparition, and, you know, way back at the beginning of my Christianity experience, like the choking in the middle of the night and stuff. And the answer to that stuff came as I began to feel my authority, you know, which really was just a change in my mindset. Now it's like non-attention is what is the most effective thing, and, yes. you know. And then there was sort of a third stage where, you know, Bill Johnson said, you know, the enemy doesn't mind if you get some temporary victories if you can get your eyes off Christ. So that's where I really started to turn and realize you know, you become what you behold. You empower the demons, you know, yes. through the creation of that, you know, that emptiness, yes. through the creation of that space. But um, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, 
know? Yeah. I mean, obviously I had a whole myriad of demonic entities and bass graphs and charts and, you know, pigs in the parlor yes. and all this other, you know? Yes. I don't know if anybody remembers that book, but. I do. So. Chris. <laughs> So let, let, let me quickly state again what I thought was quite useful in a different understanding as well. When we look at the principalities and powers, the very human the organizations and structures that we've created through the sacrificial system, as we saw, the very family structures and community structures became fallen. And those are the very principalities and powers that God wants reconciled. And so I think it's very unuseful to think of principalities and powers as just fallen angels, yeah. although they might be there. The problem is that's bigger than our, again, shifting our evil somewhere else. We've got yeah. to discover yeah. that the evil in this world is manifested in families that abuse children, in communities that allows injustice, in, in institutions that perpetrates violence against others. That is the manifestation of evil in this world, way beyond just individuals seeing ugly pictures in their hotel rooms. <laughs> Um, so when we, we, we start seeing that, we can deal with it much more effectively. <laughs> and we can, we can start seeing that Colossians 1 speaks about the reconciliation of even principalities and powers. And, and what I see in that is the very institutions, the very families, the very communities that became fallen. Can we redeem God? And God's strategy is to, in doing that, is to introduce communities of faith like this. Yeah. You are God's strategy yeah. to transform family structures, community yeah. structures, yeah. to transform yeah. your your local governing bodies in this town yeah. to again embrace the mindset of God. That's his strategy. And so, uh, I mean, that becomes so much more a, a, a place where we participate. Because when it speaks about our fight is against principalities and powers, how do we fight? Taking every thought. <laughs> captive. In other words, we, we're not busy shadow boxing some yeah. creatures somewhere. The, the, the problem is some thoughts, a way of thinking that, that needs to change. Um, so, even in what we spoke today, the single victim mechanism, this mechanism in which a community will accuse. That accuser, that is Satan. That's the accusation. And so Jesus, every time the devil shows up in the Bible, what is his job? The accuser. And when Jesus stands in the midst of a religious community getting ready to murder him, getting ready to make him the scapegoat, he says, you have taken upon yourself the mindset of the accuser. You are of your father, the accuser. Because he has been a murderer from the beginning. 
I mean, this is the murderous origin of human societies that is again playing itself out in Jesus' life. That founding murder that wants to exert its violence on one victim while remaining blind to the fact that their evil is in their own thinking, not in their scapegoat. And so he comes to expose the accuser. And he does it most brilliantly in allowing us to falsely accuse an innocent victim in himself and therefore forever robbing us of a scapegoat. Because he has proven beyond doubt that our conveniently chosen scapegoats, whether it's an angry God or whether it's a bad devil, neither of those is the source of your problem. <laughs> the source of your evil is your own rotten thinking. <laughs> And so he comes to give you understanding that you may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. And so when we take back the understanding that God comes to give, the space that we've created for evil to operate in this world disappears. <laughs> he no longer has space to operate in my life or in the world that I start spreading this knowledge. I mean, just tonight, we have shut down big gaps <laughs> in which evil was able to operate and to mystify people with its pretenses. Hey, hey, when we, we, you know what, we are no longer going to tolerate creating space for evil. <laughs> We're no longer going to tolerate this dualistic mindset that elevates Satan to the same level of existence when God has. God is real. Yeah. <laughs> God is real. Of evil, of the reality that we've allowed it to have in this world, yeah. and recognize it for the nothingness that it is. I was watching a debate one time about the devil. And there was a woman in there that was raped by several men. And that's how she knows that the devil is real, because there were several men that raped her. And she saw it in their eyes, that there had to be a devil making them do that. And folks, when you get caught up in that kind of worldview, or that paradigm, or that language, you remove all human responsibility. You know who was a devil? Those men. You know who was a Satan? Those men. Because if you were to blame it on a boogeyman that's outside of him, they shouldn't be blamed in those men. And I'm challenging you folks here. I've been doing healing for since 2006. And for a majority of the time that I've been doing healing and did the whole casting out demons, be very aggressive, treat everything like a spirit. I did all that stuff, folks. But for the past maybe two years, not once did I address a demon and we still get the same results, if not better, folks. How do you explain that? And I'm telling you with our language that we have, you could implant that in someone's subconscious that if someone's struggling with depression one day and then you look at them and you say, you know what? It's a devil. You have a spirit. You need to cast out. You know what you just did? You implanted a subconscious thought in their mind where they're like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm possessed. Maybe I'm demonized. And I'm telling you, the more they feed on those thoughts, folks, it could begin to manifest. So I challenge you who are in this whole charismatic healing scene, I challenge you, focus on Christ. 
Focus on the positive. Don't focus on the negative. There's a saying that goes like, like this, that which you resist will persist. If you're so against the devil, always focusing on the devil, it's not going to stop. That which you resist will persist. If you're against war, focus on peace. If you're against abortion, focus on life. If you're against the devil, focus on Christ. Oh, I just made that up right now. It rhymes. <laughs> so folks, that's just my challenge to you. Try that out. Say, what if I start doing healing without casting out demons and just start focusing on speaking life to their bodies and watch? That's it.